Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. What happens when life gets in the way of MCAT prep? That's what we're going to talk about today. The MCAT podcast, session number 323. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. And welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. As always, I'm joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint MCAT live online team, our sponsors of this episode, this podcast in general. And we're going to talk about life and just how sometimes my, my, my favorite quote from Mike Tyson, uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. I probably mentioned that quote. I forget if I did or not. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that many students really struggle with the quick adaptations that are needed when life gets dirty. That's what we're going to talk about. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com so that when life does punch you in the face, like Mike Tyson says, that you have the ability to rearrange your schedule quickly and easily using Blueprint MCAT's free study planner tool over at blueprintmcat.com. Nor, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. Last week, we talked about kind of that waiting period between taking the test and getting your score back. And you had brought up, right, we, we had talked about potentially for those students who most likely need to retake, right, mm -hmm. how to figure out what those next steps are. And you talked about, right, life life gets in the way. We're not studying in a vacuum. There, there are other things going on. And I think that's going to make a great conversation today for a topic of, like, how to prioritize the MCAT as best as possible with life and what to do when sometimes there's some, some conflict there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think there are some things in life that you can work around with the MCAT. And I think there are other things that you can't per se, right? Like they're pretty big events and that there are things that will take up your entire like time and attention and energy, right? So there are some things that in terms of real life, as we see very commonly, folks who have jobs or in school, like you can't put that on pause, but there are many, many who study while they're in school and working full or and or working full time. And they study like for the MCAT and they prep and a lot of them do very well as well. And I think like when it comes to prioritizing the MCAT with the consideration that real life is still going on in those so sort of scenarios, 
it's making very intentional decisions about how you're using your time, right? So during that time, real life is still happening. You're still going to school. You're still going to work. Um, but now the MCAT is going to take up more of the time that maybe you contributed to extracurriculars before, right? Or the fact that you need to have a discussion with your family and or friends that, hey, um, some of the free time that I have with you now is going to be gone for maybe the next three to four months, right? And having those discussions is really important and being very intentional about how you're using the time that you have to study for the MCAT is also very, very important because you don't have endless amounts of time. So coming up with a feasible study plan and ways to study efficiently and effectively is very important. But then again, there are other real life things that happen, whether it's your own personal issues like illness um, or that of like a loved one or death in a family. Um, You know, there are people who still manage to work through and study for the MCAT. And there are folks who are not and we're all human and we all have different capacities. And I would always tell people that at the end of the day, you should do what is best for your well-being, right? Prioritize that. Yes, the MCAT is important, but you cannot ignore what is ultimately most important, which is you and your well-being. And I say this as someone who actually did end up not taking the MCAT nearly, what, seven years ago now? That's crazy. Uh, Seven years ago because I decided that I needed to take care of my mental well-being and I was not ready. And um, I am grateful that I did that because I prioritized myself. And, you know, it was something that was really important to me. Uh, Some folks were like, no, continue and and take it. But I told them it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right that I'm pushing myself so hard to do this when I know that I need the break, I need to prioritize my well-being right now. Um, so at the end of the day, like I said, everybody's capacity is different. Everybody's situation is different. But you need to evaluate whether you're going to be able to emerge from this period of time doing well and your well-being is fine or it's going to take away from taking care of yourself, which, again, is number one, whether we like to believe it or not when it comes to the MCAT. So I hear you, right? It's great. It works for you. You didn't take the MCAT seven years ago. But there are students out there that are either getting pressure from family members or oh, yeah. they have this arbitrary kind of thing that I have to take the MCAT. I have to apply this year. It has to happen or it won't happen. Um, or uh, situations where people are like, hey, my biological clock is ticking and I need to take the MCAT. I need to get into med school. I need to finish so I can have babies and start my family and yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, like, do you do you want to take the MCAT and do well and get into med school? Or do you want to take the MCAT and try to get into med school now? Right? It's mm-hmm. it, it seems very arbitrary that students put a lot of these external arbitrary pressures on themselves when ultimately there, there is no pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I think, so one example that I had sort of in my experience was in 2021, I made the decision that I'm going to take the MCAT that summer and I'm also going to somehow apply, right? 
as a non-trad, I quickly realized that my, my, like my studying for the MCAT was going to take a lot more than two months. And I was putting this external pressure on myself saying, I need to start med school at 27 versus 28. And I remember my brother telling me, he was like, "Mm, what's the difference? It's one year. But again, everybody comes from different backgrounds and we all have different expectations, especially when we're in our early 20s. We're a lot more influenced by those external expectations or even the our internal expectations that we set up for ourselves. I would say the best thing that you can do, and again, I'm not saying some folks should wait six, seven years to take the MCAT. It's definitely not what I'm saying, right? My life just took a different route. Um, But what I would say is, first of all, ground your decisions in real life experience. And oftentimes this is really helpful to talk to folks who are in medical school who may have had to delay the MCAT for whatever reason it is. Maybe they didn't feel ready. They had something come up because sometimes when we hear about other people's experiences and the fact that they turned out okay, it makes us feel better, right? It's like, okay, then maybe this isn't such a bad idea, right? And sometimes that can also help you and having the discussion with your parents, right? Or your family members that may be putting that pressure on you. Um, And it's also one thing you want to consider is, and everybody is different, right? What kind of medical school do you want to go to? I knew that for me, my target was going to a top tier medical school that was important to me and for my career aspirations. And I knew that if I pressured myself to study and take the MCAT in a short period of time, I I knew that I wasn't going to do well, right? I had that understanding that I wasn't going to do well. And I wasn't interested in retaking the exam either, right? So I told myself, I'm going to stop putting this arbitrary timeline and I'm going to give myself the opportunity to prep as much as I need. And I'll just apply in, you know, the 2022 cycle, right? To start in 2023. And I'm grateful that I did that because that alleviated so much of the pressure. So think about also like, not just like, ticking off the box of like, I took the MCAT, but what may result if you take the MCAT when you are not ready and you feel like you need more time for whatever reason it is. Right. And so, and illness is illness or death in a family or a loved one is such a big deal. Right. Like I think it's really interesting because we go into the medical profession to teach people how to take care of themselves, right? Like somebody comes to us and says, I have this illness, whether it's mental or physical. And we as future physicians or doctors currently tell them, okay, this is what you need to do to take care of yourself, right? Why don't we ascribe that to ourselves, right? Like we're not, we're not living what we are preaching or what we are going to be preaching. And so I always tell myself, if I give grace to others, why don't I give grace to myself? But again, having this mindset shift is not easy. So that's why when you ground it in the experiences of others, especially people who you see as like really successful and like are there, have made it, that is really helpful because that gives you reassurance that, you know, you deciding to put off the MCAT for a bit or just extending your study time is not the worst decision in the world and that it's going to be okay. And you'll be a much stronger candidate. I truly believe that. I always tell people that 
this is not going to hurt you. It's only going to make you a stronger candidate. But again, everybody's situation is different. And I completely acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And for example, the, um, the biological clock, that's a very real one. I've had non-traditional friends who have gone into medical school and they're in the beginning of their 30s. And that is a concern that comes up, right? Like it is a very real concern. But at the end of the day, they made the decision to do that because it felt they gave themselves the opportunity to extend their study time and their ability, like time to apply because they felt that it was more true to taking care of themselves during that period of time. And that's actually a really good adult decision, by the way. I always tell people that. That's how you know you have grown as a person. (laughs) Really. (laughs) Love it. So let's let's talk about some potential scenarios here. Right. If if someone is just starting out on their journey, they go to blueprintmcat.com, they register for a free account, they get their amazing study planner tool, and they, they have everything lined out. Uh, for the next six months when they're planning to take the MCAT. Missing a week right now probably doesn't have a huge effect on the overall plan, right? Six-month plan. It's like, okay, now it's not uh, six times four. It's not 28 weeks. It's 27 weeks now. Not a huge deal. But missing a week or two a month away from the MCAT potentially, theoretically, has a bigger impact uh, both on what you can accomplish and mindset as well of like starting to freak out. When someone is going through this process, what is a good way for them to think about when they may need to go and contact the AAMC and reschedule an MCAT exam? Yeah, I think it's important to see where you're at, right? Like in terms of your practice scores and Um, how you're doing in your practice, right? So if you are doing pretty well and you happen to miss a week, a month and a half, two months out, I would say that's not the biggest deal. It happens and you've been doing well, your progress tracks. It's not going to all of a sudden just take a nosedive because you, you know, couldn't really study for a week, right? But if you are consistently not doing well and you're still struggling and you are a month and a half, two months out and you miss a week for whatever reason, then I would say, okay, let's consider, do you have enough time and capacity to make the improvements that you need to um, by the time that you get to test date? And that's when we consider potentially rescheduling. So it's not like a, you know, one size fits all solution. It really has to do with where folks are. And sometimes, you know, like you said, life happens. You end up not studying for a week for whatever reason, and you don't know why. You didn't. You couldn't predict that that event was going to happen, and it's like totally valid. And I think it, it really has to do with where you're at in your progress, mm-hmm. and that is the decision that you would make based yeah. off of that. Yeah. yeah. What about the students who are like, uh, this isn't going so well, but I'm going to just take the MCAT anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to see how it goes. What are your thoughts yeah. there? I mean, I've, I've had folks do that. I've had friends do that. And I think for that's, that's okay as well. I think some people wanted to, they, you know, said, okay, I'm going to take the MCAT just so that I can demystify this exam, just so I can give myself the experience of taking the actual exam and it not be as intimidating anymore. 
Um, and that's okay as well, right? And so I've had folks do that and they did end up retaking the exam and that completely turned out to be fine as well. So, but, you know, for me, it also depends person to person. Like a friend I know who did that was able to still pick herself back up and study again, right? But for me, I knew, I knew that if I took the exam when I wasn't ready, that I was going to catastrophize and that I was going to feel really down about it. So if you know that you're not going to feel ready and you're not going to be able to contextualize the score that you get in a larger journey of progress, then I would say give yourself more time to prep. Right. So just think about that post exam, getting the score back. How are you going to react? And so I knew that I would rather give myself more time to prep right now and feel ready than take the exam, get a score that I don't like and just like feel it hanging over my head. Right. So everybody's just a little bit different. Yeah. I, I always fear just taking the test just to see uh, because students potentially will then make a retake even that much more um, serious isn't the right word. They, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll build it up even bigger in their mind going, okay, now it's make or break. And then the anxiety level just goes through the roof because they're like, I have to do well on this one because mm-hmm. I can't take it a third yeah. time, which isn't true, right? You can take it seven times if you want. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's that's one of my big fears that students are just yeah. like, I'm just going to see. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I generally wouldn't advise it. I think there are some people who deal with their anxiety better than others. And that's like, you know, everybody's just has different human experiences and they are able to deal with whatever it comes their way and not let it hang over their heads for their next time that they practice, they study, practice and take the MCAT. But I would say that like for most of the time, I like, I always tell, tell people like, what is the harm in, I mean, for some folks they see the harm, but what is the harm in giving yourself an extra couple of months to study, right? Like that I've had even students in my classes now, like where they were pressuring themselves to take like a July test date and instead of September. And after I learned when they wanted to apply, I said, I mean, why not the September date? There's, there's nothing wrong with the September date. It's not going to you know, your, your med schools aren't going to be like, how, wow, how dare you? You took it in September, not July, right? Like giving yourself more time. And that feels a lot better. Yeah. What about the the students that will go, I'm just going to take it and I'm going to avoid it. I know going in, I'm just going to avoid it. No, don't avoid your exam. (laughs) We even talked about this in one of my last classes. We talked about how the only time you should avoid an exam is if you or the person next to you had like a cardiac event or you threw up. Massive diarrhea. Or had diarrhea (laughs) or something. Like do not avoid the exam because again, your perspective is that you did not do well, but we are biased. We don't ever know how things are actually going to turn out. So do not avoid the exam. Give yourself the opportunity to let it be scored and you go from there because even if you need to retake it, maybe again, you didn't do as bad as you thought. So maybe you don't need to have crazy amounts of improvement that you need to do. Right. So, yeah. <sighs> All right. So, um, 
life, life getting in the way. Um, one of the biggest challenges, especially for non-trads, is finding time with family and other responsibilities and knowing that there are traditional students out there that are making the MCAT a full-time job, which is always kind yeah. of that blanket suggestion, like treat it like a yeah. full-time job. And the, yeah. the parents out there is going, I do work a full-time job. I am a parent. I am a spouse, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't have enough time to make it a full-time job. Yeah. For, for those students out there, what is that mindset to allow themselves some forgiveness to go, you know what? I do only have 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, not 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to do the best I can. Yeah. I will say first thing is that if other people have done it, then you can do it, right? Like if other people have been able to do well on the MCAT with 10 to 20 hours, that means it's possible. What it could mean is that your timeline is extended, right? But we... And it's so hard because we always compare ourselves to others. Even like a non-trad will compare themselves to a trad, right? And it's just, that is not even like equal comparison in any way, sense or form. Um, but what I would say is, as I had said before, having a real conversation with family and evaluating your responsibilities and where the MCAT is going to fit in your life is very important before you even start. So don't just jump right into the MCAT and say, I'm going to start studying, right? Like, how is this going to change your responsibilities if you're married and you have children? Like, having a discussion with your spouse, like, how is this going to look like? How is it going to shift? When can you study? When might your spouse need to pick up a little bit more of the responsibility? Um, or if you're not, if you're just working full time, right? Like finding out what are the best times for you to study. Maybe it's early in the morning before work. Maybe it's later on in the at, like in the evening, or maybe a lot of it is on the weekends, right? And with light practice during the week, it's been done thousands of times. It is possible. But what it is, is that being comfortable with the idea that your timeline is going to be more extended, right? So you're not going to maybe study for three months. You might have to study for six months, right? Because you are going to contribute the same number of hours as a trad, but just over a longer period of time with less each week. And, you know, I, one of my great co-instructors, Ian, like he is... Uh, 35, 36, non-trad, took the MCAT years after his undergrad, did amazing, clearly, because he's a blueprint instructor, right? And I haven't asked him about his journey, but he was working full time and he's married and he has all, the, all of these other responsibilities. And so it is possible. You just probably need to be a lot more intentional about the decisions you're making than a trad student who is studying 40 hours a week, right? And maybe has, you know, I'm doing this for eight hours a day. So totally possible, just thinking about it a lot more carefully. All right, so there you have it. Hopefully that was a helpful episode for you to understand, hey, when life hands you lemons, sometimes you make lemonade, sometimes you run away and <laughs> and uh, throw the lemons in the trash and come back uh, another day. That's that's all you can do. So hopefully this was helpful for you to, to really understand that there are lots of ways that you can go when life gets a little crazy as a pre-med, which it always seems to do. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast.
This is MedEd Media.